Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Two men came to a concession stand, our football game, to buy a hot dog. And they were surprised when the server at the counter asked if they were twins. They said no. But before they could explain that they had never met, the hostess said, well, it's obvious that you guys are brothers. Shocked that they looked at each other and saw a mirror reflection of themselves. Later, as they exchange personal information, make contact later, and, and after intense investigation and conversing, they discovered that they had the same daddy. Family traits are both genetic and environmental. Children often look sound and act like their parents. Especially true when we look from the male side of things because a father relationship goes deeper than looks, manner, talk. Because it also implies a area of authority. A child is expected to do what their daddy tell them to do. In addition to that, there's a natural inclination, a natural instinctive desire for a son to want to please his daddy. The same can be true in the spiritual sense. And this concept can be seen clearly in the words of Jesus in our text. A little background information, the conversation about the authority of one's father started when Jesus mentioned the word father during a debate with the religious leaders. These religious leaders had challenged Jesus' claim of being the light of the world that he made in verse 12. Because being the light of the world implied that he was the Jewish promised and coming Messiah. And what the religious leaders was actually doing was tell Jesus that your statement is without validation. And we see Jesus' response to their accusation about his unvalidated statement recorded in John chapter 18, beginning at verse 17. And the English Standard Version pens it this way, the words of Jesus. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. 
They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. I want you to notice something about this passage of text. First time Jesus uses that word father, he says, the father. The religious leader thought he was talking about Joseph, his earthly father. But the second time Jesus uses the word father, he says, my father. This possessive pronoun left no doubt, no doubt about who Jesus was talking about. But I want you to also notice something else about this passage. That religious leaders ask, where is your father and not who is your father? See, they knew of Joseph and they knew Joseph had passed at this time. And they knew it was impossible for Joseph to bear witness to Jesus' claim. When we still look at the historical context of this passage, we have to understand that in Jesus' day, the son did the same work his father did. In the natural sense, Jesus was a carpenter because Joseph was a carpenter. But in the spiritual sense, Jesus was the son of God because his father was God. The religious leaders did not know Jesus because they didn't know God. They viewed Jesus by human standards, therefore they were limited by his physical appearance. They saw only his flesh and not his deity, so they misjudged him. John continuing, he writes in verse 27 of chapter 8, they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, speaking of his crucifixion, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing, and notice this now, on my own authority. But speak just as the Father has taught me. We'll stop right there, man. It's kind of like what Mr. Owen was, was conveying to us today. Jesus is saying, I'm acting like my daddy. He has sent me to do this. He has taught me how to do this. Verse 29 goes on, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. And here it is. For I always do the things that pleasing to him. Verse 30 goes on to say, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. You see, this debate between Jesus and the religious leader was not in a closed session. It was an open forum where everybody could listen. And as Jesus began to talk and these people listened, the Bible says many believed. What did they believe? That he was the Messiah. 
please hear me now. It's something that we've been teaching here for a while. Being a believer is not necessarily being a disciple. I'm going to say that again. Being a believer is not necessarily a disciple. Let me back that up with scripture as we look at verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm coming back to that later on. You see, a disciple is one who is a pupil, who is a, who is, who studies, who falls under a master to learn. There are a lot of people who claim salvation, but that's all they want to know. When I die, if I'm going to heaven, I don't want to know nothing about how to live right. I just want to be escape hell, that's all. If you abide in my word, my in my word emphasize the difference between Jesus' word opposed to anybody else's word. Jesus told these believers, if you continue to hold on to my word, you will understand reality by comprehending the evidence. And this new enlightenment from God would liberate them from the earthly bondage of sin. That's what he's talking about when he said you will be free. The word will set you free. It not only implies a freedom from the penalty of sin, but freedom from the guilt of sin. We'll cap there just a moment. From the moment you accept Jesus Christ, his blood is applied to you. All your sins are covered. God does not remember them no more because he chooses not to remember them. But there's too many of us who can't forgive ourselves and we are real with the guilt of sin. This is what it means to be free indeed. But something happened when the religious leader heard Jesus mentioned about being set free. They were highly offended. Then they attempted to remind Jesus of their heritage. You look with me at verse 39, chapter 8. It says, then they answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, again, this strong two-letter word, if. If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the work Abraham did. Again, going back to the social climate of the day, you're going to do the same work your dad did. You're going to be under the same occupation your dad did. That's just what we do. Verse 4, it says, but now you seek to kill me, a man who told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Can I kind of give you a little 
vivid modern day picture. If your family owned General Motors, you're not going to have a Ford dealership. It, it, it's just something that goes along with the family business. And Jesus is making plain because he challenged the, the assessment of their heritage. Abraham was a man of faith who believed God. The religious leader did not. And since God, since son did the same work their father, their works of the religious leader proved that they were not Abraham's son. Abraham was not their daddy. Now that being the case, the question then became, who was? Who was the daddy? And Jesus began to answer this in verse 41. You are doing the work of your father. It actually says you are doing the works your father did. Oh, you in character. You acting like your daddy. You just don't know who your daddy is. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. King James said, we weren't born of fornication. Then they make this statement. We have one father, even God. Religious leaders took Jesus' statement as calling them bastards or illegitimate. So they escalated their claim. They elevate from saying that Abraham was their daddy, claiming now that God is their father. My, 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 this took that conversation to a whole nother higher level. It opened the door for Jesus to get to the point. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. And then he says something that I want to talk about a little bit. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my words. Jesus rejected the claim by saying, if God was the father, then me and you would have the same daddy. That would make us brothers. And you would love me instead of trying to kill me. And then we have these two questions that Jesus, well, this question that Jesus asked. But as he asks it, he gives the answer. Why do you not understand me? Here's the answer. And, and I'm going to use my own input in this. And, and making it sound as if Jesus was saying it this way so we can understand it. You can't understand me. Because your daddy is a foreigner. What I mean by that? We don't speak the same language. Some of y'all been in a foreign country where somebody, you don't have to be in a foreign country. All you got to do is go down the street here somewhere in Macon, Georgia. You're going to hear some Spanish. 
And I don't know how many of y'all can speak it, but they could be cursing you out and smiling. You wouldn't know the difference. You'll smile back at them. Say, your daddy is a foreigner. We don't speak the same language. See, I'm speaking spiritual. And you're speaking worldly. And for you ministers, that's one thing you're going to have to understand. If you're speaking the word of God, don't expect worldly people to understand it. Even calm Christians sometimes. The Bible says praise you the Lord and they don't praise the Lord because y'all got the same daddy. So I believe that Jesus was saying this so since your daddy is not Abraham let me tell you who your daddy really is. Verse 44. You are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. And here's the point. You want to kill me. Well, listen to what he says. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in truth because he, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. <clears throat> the religious leaders showed their relationship to the devil by the way they live. Things haven't changed here in 2017. Some of y'all showing who y'all daddy is every day by the way you live. You see, the devil wanted to kill Jesus, and so did they because they wanted to please their daddy. Their action proved that they were under the devil's authority and desired to please their daddy. One other point before I move on from this verse. The phrase, does not stand in truth, introduces a new thought. Lies. Lies are opposite of the truth. Now, since the devil is the father of lies, and also the father of the religious leaders, guess what? They both got the same dead. I'm going to say it again. Since the devil is the father of the religious leaders and the father of lies, they got the same daddy. All right, let me put it this way. Since you have the devil as your daddy and you lying, it's no wonder because Y'all got the same daddy. Now here's the main point of the message. You don't miss everything. Here's the main point. Lies form every part of the devil's very existence. He lied to Eve and sin came in the world. And he's lying to you right now. But get this. And I know we coming up October 31st and soon after that, December 25th. Jesus proclaimed that all lies 
are conceived and birthed by the devil. He is the source of all little white lies and the big red lies. You can make a joke all you want to. You can say it's in the name of fun. You can say because I want to please my children, but y'all got the same daddy. If you can't help yourself, you one of those habitual lies, you got the same daddy. You see, the spirit of lying is more than a verbal expression that comes out the mouth. It's a rejection of the truth. The spirit of lying is more than a verbal expression that comes out the mouth. It's a distortion of the truth. The spirit of lying is more than a verbal expression. It is the denying of the truth. And we can make all the excuses we want to about the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, and all them other things that we say in the name of whatever. You justify it because y'all got the same day. See, when you believe a lie, you become a product of that lie and you live that lie. It's men Sunday. As men, we are prone to lie. I know we want to put a lot of things on women. We gossip a lot too. See, we lie to women and we call it rap. We lie to each other and we call it swag. We lie to children and we call it mentoring. We lie to the church and we call it service. We lie to God and we call it worship. We just lie, lie, lie. When it's easy to tell the truth, we tell a lie. Why? You can't stop lying. Because you got the same daddy. It's testing time. If you believe the lie that God's okay with same-sex union, it's because y'all got the same daddy. If you believe that God understands that you're going to get married anyway, so it's okay to live as husband and wife, right now you got the same daddy. If you think, if you believe the lie that God will forgive you, even when you won't forgive others, y'all got the same daddy. If you believe there is more than one way to heaven other than through Jesus, you got the same daddy. We were born with a lying spirit. No one has to teach a child how to lie. It's a part of their nature. So, Brother Dave, pastor, preacher, what's the solution? You need to change daddy. See, you were born of a nature to lie. That's why you need to be born again. 
of a new daddy. And right now, he's switching to some people. Don't believe nothing that man up there saying. He get paid to do that. He's whispering in some of y'all ears that when he gives this invitation, you ain't got to get up there. You got time. He's telling some of y'all, you ain't worthy. You ain't ready. Remember what you did last week. That's what your daddy is telling you. And I want to encourage you to fire him. And you can't do it on your own. Because he's the biggest lie he's going to tell you right now is don't give your life to Jesus. But Jesus said this in verse 36, chapter 8. So if the son set you free, you will be free indeed. And you might ask, how can I get free? I wish some of y'all could have been here this morning and hear the faith development because we talked extensively about how do you balance this? We, 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 we're not perfect. We, we don't make mistakes. Jesus said be perfect. You can't do it in your sin. When he says set you free, He's going to take some change off you, but he don't want you to stay in jail. As the song says, you got to be free indeed. And here's how. You ask Jesus. The Jesus, I want you to come in my life. Because I want your daddy. I want your father. And when somebody look at you, they'll say, you and Jesus, y'all got the same daddy. Will you stand with me now? I want you to pray the simple prayer with me. Because my main concern is not that you're going to come down here and let one of these counselors take you in the back and share Christ with you so that you can be a member of our church. Because I know some of you are never going to do that. But God will have you saved right where you are. And if you can believe this simple prayer right where you are, you can be saved. So just read with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. Thank you for your promise to mercy, pardon, and eternal life. I acknowledge my sin, shortcomings, and failure, and I ask for forgiveness and would like to receive Jesus as my Savior today. If you believe that in your heart, according to Romans 10 and 10, the Bible declares you shall be saved. So I'm going to ask if there's someone who wants to publish, acknowledge that. That you come now and share 
your confession with one of these miracles in the back. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.